Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, stop that fun, you lot. Stop it right now. You really have stopped it. In case, you, um, in case you're wondering what the cameras are all about, they're trying to get me locked up. And uh, not a moment too soon, I've, I've, yeah. But what they don't understand is I've got a prison pass. I can get out. I don't know if I'm just too close. Tell me if I'm too close to the speakers. Okay. Ha. Let me read to you one verse from Daniel. Listen, just, just smell this in. Just kind of close your eyes and just smell this in. Daniel 4, verse 2, says this. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. I'll read it again because it's better than your response. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are His signs and how mighty are His wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom his domain endures forever and from generation to generation ha it is my pleasure to tell you about stuff i don't understand signs that make you wonder ha i have two things i'm going to talk about today and I'm going to rip through them. The last two of our core values that we're preaching on before we get into the fun of Christmas. One is generosity. Hence my... Took me ages to think of that. That took longer than that. Took me ages to think of that. <laughs> hence my visual aid. And the second thing I'm going to talk about is believing God for the impossible which is really where my heart's at, but I'm going to do this first. Because <laughs> I need to be true to our core values. This is a vast, vast subject, okay? That does include money. My intention is not to offend you today. If you are offended, suck it up. <laughs> but that's not my intention. Giving and generosity, I have learned over many years, what's the heart of the matter, or what's the matter with your heart? If you are not a regular giver, then you have a heart issue. If you are not a regular giver to Sunday morning church, you have a heart issue. I haven't started off good, have I? <laughs> ha. It's great when God gives you stuff to say because you can say it without fear. My intention is not to harm you. You see some of the coins on the wall today. My only way really to change your heart is not by the law. You see, the law will never change your heart. The law will keep you in the law. But when we're living under grace... God can change our hearts. 
And until your heart's changed, you may even be a giver, but your heart's not right in the attitude of giving. You're missing out. How's your worship? Given as part of your worship. So how is your worship? How's it going? You see, we all believe the Old Testament, don't we? Some of us think it's Old Covenant, but we still believe it because it is the underlying Word of God. It is God-breathed. But what happened? God <laughs> sent His Son, Jesus, to bring us into a new covenant. Amen. amen. That's not about money. You can say amen to that, but money's going to come into it. He brought us into a new covenant. You see, the old law says that we had to give 10%. It actually says much more than that, but I'm not going to get into this because I haven't got the time to do this. But the old law says we had to give 10%. The new law says everything you've got's God's. <laughs> ha. Doesn't that make you feel better? No, I said. <laughs> Doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> but if you don't own it, then the responsibility about how you steward it comes down to God or the owner. When we begin to own it, we begin to get defensive about what we have. So the old law is a safety net. The 10% is a safety net that people operate from. Because the old law is still good. But Jesus come to brought a new law. You see, Jesus came and he said, you don't have to kill somebody to kill them. You just have to have a bad heart towards them. He says, you don't have to sleep with someone to commit adultery. You just have to look at them a certain way. Hello? I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. <laughs> Given really, we don't need a deeper theology. We don't even need a PhD, which many of you in this room have. I know we're beyond my theology and brain capacity. But I'm not after your brain, I'm after your heart. I'm after your spirit. The bit of you inside that really will change things. And if you're not given to God, you have a heart issue. You might not think you have. You might think you give time. You might think I do this, I do that. You might think I've sacrificed this and I've sacrificed that. Listen, I'm not here to judge you on that. I'm here to tell you what the Bible says. Generosity is an issue of the heart. This is simple. It's Christianity for dummies. It's dead easy. You don't need to know Greek. You don't need to know Hebrew. We just need to acknowledge that we're supposed to be generous with what God has given us. Not in an ad hoc way, but in a regular given way, as well as. There are many, many ways that God commands us to give. Do you know there's a big call on us to give to the gospel? To have extra collections so that the gospel of God may be proclaimed. Yeah. Massive call on us to give to the poor and the needy. This is over and above and beyond. I'm not talking about your regular Sunday giving. And part of what I'm talking about it is being authentic. And if there's ever a place where your Christianity is shown up, it's in your giving. It's in your wallet. And what we do with that. Not just in what we give, but what we do with how God allows us to steward what's left in our wallets. Giving is not about a gift 
or a calling, it is about your heart. So my challenge today with the coins on the wall, with the visual aid here, is God, touch our hearts because our minds will struggle with this. Let me just tell you this one Bible verse or this picture, this story that Jesus paints. We all know it. Jesus answered. It's from Matthew 19. So there's this guy who'd done everything right. He'd paid his tithe. He'd lived out the year of Jubilee. Anybody who owed him any money, he cancelled it off. He lived under the law and he lived the law right. And God had blessed him. God had blessed him. And he came to Jesus and he asked, what's this stuff about the kingdom and eternal life? Jesus said this, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Yes, Mark, I've got it in. And you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. The young man heard this and he went on his way sad because... He had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, truly, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Now, and this is a verse I'm going to take out of context later on. <laughs> Jesus said, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So that generally gets ripped out of context. That's talking about salvation and it's talking about a heart issue. But I'm going to rip it out of context like the rest do a bit later on. With man, all things With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. What was God saying to this man? Had he lived a wrong life? No. Had he done what was right? Yes. Did he have a heart issue? Yes. You see, the Bible's clear. For me, the Bible's clear. And it says very much so. 1 Corinthians 16. New Testament. Now, about the collection... For the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatians church to do. On the first day of each week, each one of you should set a sum aside in keeping with your income. I think it's really plain and really simple. And I'm I'm not going to labor it because I, I just understand and I know this. Unless Holy Spirit does something with your heart, if you have a heart issue over this, Unless he does something with your heart, you're not going to change. It's not for me to bring you under condemnation. That's not my job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But my job is to challenge. And to say to you today, if you are not a regular giver, you will never experience the blessing of God. You're missing out. You are missing out on such a blessing of God. So if that's spoken to you today, I want you to hold it. I don't want you to hold it for me. I want you to hold it before the Father. And I want you to ask Father God, Father, is there a heart issue here? Maybe you are a regular giver, but you still have a heart issue. Ultimately, it comes down to do I trust God? Do I trust God with what I've got in my wallet, what I've got in my bank, how big my house is, the fact that I'm unemployed and got no money? Do I trust God? Each of you should bring in accordance with what you have. You see, there's no amount too small and there's no amount too large. That covers everything. If you're unemployed and you have no money or you have very small money, you get three quid a week then you bring your 30 pence or whatever it is. It, it applies to all. But it's not because God needs your money. It's because he wants to teach you something of a heart. Oh, we need to grab this. I'm, I'm not going to labor this because I'm aware talking about money is a bit like talking about how to bring your kids up. It's a dodgy subject, isn't it? 
Let, let me tell you this. Um, when my children were growing up, and, and we're going to move on from money. When my children were growing up, um, we began, you know, as we do as parents, you began to teach your kids, and then you, you take them to restaurants. Well, McDonald's, it's a restaurant, isn't it? And um, no, we took them to proper restaurants as well. No, oh, sorry. Sorry, McDonald's, I just remembered. Um, um, allegedly, um, um, uh, yeah, let's not get, uh, just cut that bit out. Um, and I remember as my kids were growing up, they eventually got the hang of it, you know, and, and, and then they would say to me, mm, Dad, I think I'll have the steak tonight. And I'll go, you'll think again. <laughs> but what? <laughs> but what the, how many of us, how many of us have ever been on an all-inclusive holiday? Come on, show us your hands. You know you have, you lying stupid. You see, when you go to an all-inclusive holiday with your kids, you've got a different mindset. Yeah, some of you know what I mean, don't you? You want another ice cream, son? Just go and ask that young lady there. She'll give you an ice cream. Your mindset's different, isn't it? Huh. So when we're believing God for the impossible, a lot of that takes place in our mind. I want to tell you, we have a God who has offered us an all-inclusive deal. <laughs> a completely all-inclusive deal. The limitation is here with us. Should I be good? I met a guy last week who'd been to Mars. He traveled to Mars in the spirit. Yeah, I meet some people. Come back with red dust on his feet. With God, all things are possible. You see, if, if God, if the cosmos is inside God, and God's inside you, is it such a big jump? You see, when Jesus walked through walls, it wasn't an issue for him. When he walked on water, when he was taken up on clouds for us and our natural mind, our normal thinking, that is just crazy. And how do we move from that place of thinking that's just crazy to experiencing the impossible? We'll never move into that place unless we begin to believe for it. I can tell you that much. We'll never move. I was at a church last week at Exeter with uh, Chris and Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte wasn't at the church, but Chris. And Chris was standing here, I was standing here, and we were worshipping. And as we worshipped, there was like this smell filled, certainly filled the room, I thought. And I thought, we need to tell him to get some new smellies and joysticks because they're, they're, they're offensive. To the point where I walked to the other side of the room and there was a different smell. And I'm like... They need to tone them down. So I'd spent actually the next day we were spending some time with the leader and Chris asked him, you know, what's with the job? He says, oh, we didn't have any on. Chris was standing right next to me but smelled nothing. Isn't that weird? I was convinced that the whole room was filled with this aroma, yet it was something I'd stepped into not because I was asking for, but just something I'd stepped into. Now that's happened before many, many times for me, but not with that intensity. It was like almost offensive to my nose. See, Philippians says that, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But what does all things mean? Now, for instance, we've done the coin thing today. Remember the story of Moses. <laughs> When Moses decided 
to hit a rock with a stick and water came out of it. And then the second time God says to Moses, speak to the rock. What did he do? He hit it with a stick. You see, to believe for the impossible, we so want to go back to, to what we did. You see, the coins are what we did. Ah. The mandate from God for Moses was to speak, not to strike. But he struck the rock. Did water come out of it? Yeah, water came out of it. Did Moses see the promised land? Doesn't that seem a bit harsh to you? It does to me. Because God was trying to teach him something. He'd moved into a different realm of authority in speaking. <laughs> and he'd missed it. Because he went back to an old mindset. I've done this before. I hit that rock and water comes out. That's the way it's done. We pray for people and they get well. I know I'm going deep with you, so I'll try and lighten up a bit. You see, programs and doing things the way we used to do things have their root in religion. And fresh revelation and fresh blueprint has its root in relationship. But we got the comfort of going back to how things were. I must sing my favorite hymn. I must sing. Believing for the impossible will require something of an extraordinary effort from your part. And that is to change the way you think. And unless you change the way you think, you will never begin to believe for the impossible. You will always go back to how you did it. I've seen absolute amazing stuff. I really have. I, I mean, I've seen stuff in my lifetime that a lot of Christians would love. I mean, we held a, a meeting here last week and there was gold dust came again. I've prayed for the sick this week and seen them healed. I've seen, I've seen all kinds of, just this week alone, I've seen all kinds of stuff. But if I try to reproduce it next week because I did it this week, I'm missing something. See, the coins are offensive, but they're yesterday's offense. Some of you might have got fresh offense today. But they're yesterday's offense. Coin is nothing. You know, I got to a stage with a coin where I tried to have the coin hover. I just thought, why do I need a wall? But can you see the mindset? It's not that I'm uninterested in the coin hovering. I'm interested in understanding that I'm in the God of the cosmos. I can do anything if I believe it it's what the Bible says we can do anything if we only believe the only limitation is your thinking if your dreams can be accomplished outside of the impossible you are dreaming too small we should have an appetite an appetite every day to see the impossible become possible in our lives. Jesus said, nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus said it. Jesus also said, truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again? You see, Nicodemus went, born again? My mother's not going to be happy about this. Because his thinking was of an earthly dimension. 
It wasn't heavenly thinking. See, Jesus was saying, how, how will you ever understand? I'm trying to teach you things that, that, that are heaven and you don't understand earthly things. What chance have we got of understanding heavenly things? The problem we've got is understanding this, that God is much bigger than your thinking. I met a guy the other week and I was telling him about our Christmas experience. I was saying to him, you know, we do pigs and blankets. And he was like, what? You do what? Like you wrap pigs and blankets. <laughs> you see, for me, it was like, that's what we do. But when you haven't got a concept of it, it sounds weird. <laughs> All I'm saying is this, if we're ever going to believe for the impossible, we have to get away from the offense of the mind. God will not fit into your box. He will not do stuff you used to do just to keep you happy. If you're believing for the impossible, it will be something you've not seen before. It will be an experience you've not had before. And the other stuff, yeah, they may happen as well. Start believing that you're a world changer. What about that? Believe you can engage heaven and pull it to earth. Start to believe that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. That's... Um, Let's be authentic. Let's keep it real. Because there are times, there are times I don't feel like a Christian. There are times I don't feel that I'm ever going to manage the possible, let alone the impossible. There are times when things are not going according to plan, my plan. And there are times that just don't feel good. And uh, at these times, I've got a method that works. And I want to share it with you. Go to Poundland. <laughs> Some years ago, did, did he mention Poundland? Ooh, nasty man. You see, when you go to Poundland, you've got 20 quid in your pocket. You just have a different mindset, don't you? You walk in there, chest out. I could buy anything here. 20 quid, I could probably buy it all. Twice. You get to the counter, and you think, stick that five-pack of out-of-date chungum in that basket. Go on. I'll have some of that as well. Poundland's a good place when you're not feeling good. I've lost some years. <laughs> Never mind. Jesus. See what shifts when I walk into Poundland? I don't go to Poundland very often, I've got to be honest with you. But the, the stuff about Poundland is you have to go regular because it only lasts about five minutes, whatever you buy. But that's another story. <laughs> but when you, when, you, when, you, when you do that, you, you have a different mindset. Because you know that everything in the store is achievable. Hmm. <laughs> See, why, why did David have the right to slay Goliath? He wasn't a warrior, was he? Why did he have the right? I'll tell you why he had the right and why he did it. Because he didn't think like a warrior. Because all the other warriors were standing there shaking. Ooh, look at the size of him. And he comes out every morning and he starts giving it all. Come on, man, which one he is? I'll take the lot of yous. And there's David, a shepherd, who understands that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Hello. I lack nothing. Giant who? What giant? 
Out my way, you mighty men of God. I'll have them. Do you see the difference? He began to step into something that was not possible in a natural realm, into something that was possible only in a supernatural realm. I can take him down. I'll chop his head off and bring him back. Why did David get to kill Goliath? Because he understood what worship was about. <laughs> he understood relationship. He understood that he was a son of God. He understood the authority that that carried. He understood that God was bigger than any giant. His thinking was different to the rest of the soldiers who were all gathered around thinking he's too big for us. There's a few Goliaths in this place today. And there's a few of you guys have been intimidated by them. It's time to change your thinking. It's time to get into God. You know one of the biggest problems we have is that we haven't seen our scrolls. Oh, he said it. Oh, he said it. Well, actually, the Bible said it. The Bible says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me are written in your book before one came to be. God, can I see my book? Now listen, if I'd seen my book 20, 30 years ago, I would have fell off my seat. And I would never have believed what God was going to do with me. But the challenge is still there today. God, show me the scroll. Show me my book. Because I know that the next number of years will have equal challenges. Because... Because God's more interested in tomorrow than yesterday. Oh, I know you just don't agree with that, but it's true. Tomorrow's never going to change the world. Uh, yesterday's never going to change the world, but tomorrow will. We have limited time. And as, as yesterday went by, whatever you did yesterday, praise God, thank God for it. But today you've got an opportunity to step into being a world changer. But you're not going to do it through thinking on natural means. You have to see what's written on your scroll and come in line with the plan God has for you. The biggest problem we have within churches, people want to... Give it on. Careful. I don't want to live out of David's scroll. It's not my scroll. It's his but sometimes we look at other people and we go, wow, I'm going to be like that. Well, you haven't got the mandate to be like that. You've got the mandate to be you. You've got the mandate that God says, all your days are ordained. And I've written them in a book before one came to be. Before you were born. Before the creation of the world. God wrote a book for you before the creation of the world. Hold on a minute. He's flipped. problem is many of us don't ask God what's on our scroll what's on our scroll God I'm coming into land because I'm so what am I trying to say I'm trying to say this when you when you've got your sonship you understand heaven a lot of us as we walk around don't fully understand the inheritance which we walk in because we don't fully understand that we're sons and daughters of God. When you understand you're a son and daughter, you understand your inheritance, you begin to believe that anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. I'm not on about stuff that makes people go, whoa, I'm... I'm 
and on about a change of your heart. You see, the biggest, the, the biggest impossible things is how my heart has changed. Stuff's great. I love it. But actually, God's interested in what I look like on the inside more than the stuff I'm doing on the outside. And we have some impossible places in our hearts that God needs to bring the possibility of you understanding your sonship into or your daughter. For if God is with us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but give him up for us all, would he not graciously also give us all things? How many things does he want to give us? You know, one of the biggest things that I've seen that is actually written on my scroll, and don't ask me how I'm going to do it, because that's, that's part of the problem, is this, that God, God has given me this region. Not because I'm anything special, not because I even asked for it, but because it was written on the scroll. It's written. How am I going to do it? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. I'm trying a few things. I'm kicking a few doors. But it's impossible if I'm thinking in the own mindset. But if I begin to step into believing with God for it, it can change a region. So I'm believing for it. Let me finish with this one thing. You know, there, there are... Believing for the impossible and living an authentic life, there are sometimes clashes in those things. Because actually, how can you take a region when you look at some of the stats around this region right now? There's a, there's a, there's a conflict there, isn't there? But the idea is that I haven't got to come in line with what's happening. I've got to come in line with what's happening. <laughs> See, it's easy. I, I sit in enough meetings and look at enough stats to know that this region needs, needs, needs the impossible to take place. <laughs> but I'm not going to get it from this region. I'm going to get it from that region and bring it to this region. There's going to be strategy and blueprint that's handed down that will change the region. But I understand that there's a conflict there between the two things. I'm not a crazy Christian. I think I'm quite sound Christian. You might not think that, but I am. Because, I'll tell you why, because, because I'm believing for the impossible despite what I'm seeing. The Bible says that we walk by sight, don't we? We walk by faith, not by what we see. So here's a guy who comes into that conflict situation. I don't know about you, but... Um, have you ever seen lion? Have you ever seen a lion in a real, like, you know, just a picture, but a real lion? Well, I've, I've seen a few. I've seen some in a zoo, and I've seen some in Africa. Let me just tell you, I'm happier with the ones in the zoo. <laughs> because in a zoo, when you see a lion, you can go up to the glass and you can tap on it, can't you? <laughs> Rawr! When you're in Africa, and you're on this open-top bus, you don't want to be going, Rawr! I tell you. Same species, different mindset. So when Daniel come to this conflict of do I bow down to an idol? Do I agree with what's happening on the earth even though it's not what God wants? Or do I agree with what's happening in heaven? So I'm not going to worship the king of earth. I'm going to worship the king of heaven. <laughs> Suddenly the, the clash comes and, and they decide to throw him into the lion's den. Listen to what he said in Daniel 6. My God sent an angel. I'm not even starting on the angels, but 
I can tell you, if you're believing for the impossible, you will need to understand the angelic and you'll need to activate those, well, let's just be, you'll need to understand the angelic and how that works and how those, um, oh Jesus, you get me in deep. Please turn the recorder off. How the angelic works in the point that, that, that they are sent as an assignment to you. And you can interact with the angels. Just read the Christmas story. Just read it. You can interact with the angels. If you're going to do the miraculous, if you're going to live out of the impossible, you have to understand that realm. Daniel, in a lion's den, my God sent an angel. And he shut the mouths of the lions. There's a word for someone right there, right now. You're intimidated by a situation or a circumstance. And you need God to turn up. You need him to send his angels. You see, I can't... We get into the place where we think we can do stuff. <laughs> and we quickly understand this. That it is the Father himself who does stuff. He shut the lion's mouth. They have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done anything wrong. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, listen, no wound was found on him. Got a lot of wounded Christians around. who've managed to scramble our way out of the den with wounds. <laughs> God's intention is that you will not even have scar. His intention is that you will be completely healed. I know it doesn't always work like that. I have had a chance to live through some of the stuff myself in different ways maybe to others, but I've lived through it. I've had the challenge of this, where I've had to ask God to come and bind up my heart, to heal my wounds, to remove the scar tissue. Because he trusted in God. <laughs> the king's commander who had falsely accused, you know we have an accuser of the brethren, the king's commander who had falsely accused Daniel was brought and thrown into the den himself. Ultimately, church, we win. <laughs> we win. It is easy to believe God outside of the reality of the lion's den. But when you've experienced the lion's den, that's where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? That's when you really, really need a miracle, when you really, really, really need God to do the impossible. It's inside the lion's den that Daniel met the angel. It was in the place. So let's just remember that too as we walk through stuff. Sometimes we hit stuff and we go, wow, and we, we fold and we collapse. But actually, there's a challenge in the stuff to find God in it. I'm not saying the stuff is from God. I'm just saying the challenge is there to find God in it. We've got many great examples of that in this place, in this house. So I want to finish with Jabez. First, First Chronicles 4 says this. Listen to this verse. Jabez cried out to God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and you would enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm. So thy, so, thy will, so thy will be free from pain. 
The end of the verse says this. And God granted his request. That's not my experience, Alan. Well, it's not my experience either. And there's been quite a few books written on this, hasn't there? Some people have made quite a lot of money on this blessing. Drat. But it's not until you understand the story that you understand the significance of the statement. See, what was happening was here was, Jabez's name meant pain. Probably, I don't, we don't know why, maybe he was difficult birth, I don't, I don't. But his mother called him pain. So what Jabez was actually asking for here of God was not a life whistling Dixie <laughs> with rose petals all around. He was saying, God, would you break a generational curse that's been placed over me? <laughs> you see, when you understand the story, you understand the heart. We've taken that and we've just used it as some way of getting a blessing. And there's books written. You say there's 30 days, you'll be blessed. And it, that, again, I'm not knocking that. that. That could be a great thing. And it may work. If it works for you, it works. <laughs> That's what I always say. People go, what about this? Does it work for you? Yeah, well, it works. It works. But what he was trying to say was here, God, I don't want the name pain because names meant something in those days. I don't want to live in that place of generational curse. I want to break it off for my generations to come. And I think that that was at the heart of his prayer more than anything. The glory of the knowledge of God has come to this earth. The glory of God. And he's revealing the knowledge of that glory on a daily basis. Jesus said he's the gate who enter in through him. Hmm. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Wow. So as we finish off, I want to just pray against any, what, what will prevent us from stepping into this? Is we're looking at your heart issue here for the given. We're looking at the mind issue in terms of believing for the impossible. And what stops both of these things is maybe an area of disappointment that you're living in. And maybe that disappointment is justified because you prayed and something didn't happen. And I want to tell you, I haven't got the answer for that. But I know your father has. I know your father has. And we need to engage the father more and more and more and more in our disappointments. Because disappointment will crush and it will bring hopelessness. It will block your way from seeing the stars. See, Abraham was disappointed. God had promised him a kid, and 30 years later, he didn't have a kid. But God had took him out, and he said, look at the stars. And he got disappointed, didn't he? He lost sight of the stars. So I'm going to pray into that. So let's stand to our feet. And this is my closing prayer. It's taken from Scripture. It's read from... The Mirror Bible. And it's the call of God on your life. This is the call of God on your life. That, that the whole of creation is waiting for you to take your place as a son and a daughter. That if we live as orphans, we'll never understand the inheritance which God has called us into. If we understand that even creation itself is waiting for us. <laughs> wow. Our lives now represent the one event every creature anticipates with hell breath. Standing on tiptoes as if it were a witness to the unveiling of the sons of God. 
Can you hear the drum roll? Every creature suffered abuse through Adam's fall. They were discarded like a squeezed out orange. Creation did not volunteer to fall prey to the effects of the fall. Yet within this stark setting, hope prevails. All creation knows the glorious liberty of the sons of God set stage for their own release from decay. We sense that the universal agony and pain recorded in history until this moment we ourselves feel grief and we echo their groanings. Our groanings within us while we are ready to embrace the original blueprint of our physical stature to the full consequence of sonship. <laughs> so God, right now, I pray that you would come and you would break off any disappointment that is in this place. God, I pray that you would come, maybe not even with answers, but you would come with the reassurance that you're our Father and that you have everything in control. That our lives are hidden in Christ, therefore hidden in you. God, I pray that you would come and you would break off hopelessness. God, I pray that you would come and you would show your face to your people. That they would embrace an encounter with you this morning. God, I pray that where hearts needs changed in terms of generosity, that you'd come and do that for us. That we'd live in the fullness of what it means. <laughs> to have surrendered all things. God, I pray that you as a loving father would encounter your people to a place of security in you. And to begin to believe that nothing is impossible. That with you, Father God, nothing is impossible. That with you, Father God, we have encouragement in what you can achieve through us, not what we can achieve by ourselves. Oh God, there's never been a day like today where we need you so much. <laughs> I pray that that knowledge that fills the earth, that the glory that fills the earth, God, that you would help us in revelation of the knowledge of that glory grow more and more. Thank you that you've poured yourself out over this place. Thank you that you've poured yourself out into our lives. We thank you for our journey to this point. But God, we pray, help keep us away from doing things like we used to do because we might think they work. <laughs> keep us away from dead religion. Keep us into that place, God, I believe, of the impossible. Believing with you that we can change nations. That you can do it through me. I just want to let that sit in your spirit right now. God can do it through you. Let's just step before the Father just as Laura closes us up. Just see the Father's face. Step into his presence. Step into where he is. What's he saying to you? What does it look like? Just engage with him. Father. Maybe you want to ask him what's on your scroll. <laughs> You'll get a fright. Oh. 
Father, we thank you for the fresh revelation of who you are. So I had a real sense that it was one of the Holy Spirit warms going back and forth like a wave across the room. And just washing away the old. Just taking away the things that we used to believe in and used to hold on to. That were yesterday's manner. And as the way went one way, it took that stuff away. But then as it came back, it brought the ne fresh new newness to each one of us. And I feel that God really wants to challenge us in the next couple of weeks. It's Christmas. So you very easily get into minds of thinking of cute baby Jesus in the manger. But I really feel that he, he really wants us to be, be reminded and remember that he's powerful. That he's not a tame lion. Like it says in Narnia. There's nothing tame about him. Yay. So in the coming weeks as we are celebrating Jesus... We're not celebrating the little baby. We're celebrating the powerful, amazing, incredible man who died on a cross for us. The world wants to squeeze into this tiny little baby because it fits into their mindsets. Whereas we know the power and we know the truth or we have glimpses of it. But there's so much more in him that we haven't even realized yet. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus, I just pray that over the next couple of weeks when we focus on you, just help us to see who you really are. See the power, see the love Just the fullness of who you are. And also help us to see the Father like you see him. Because that's why you came. You came to show us the way to the Father. You came to reveal who the Father is. So Jesus, I pray for opportunities for each one of us to reveal the Father in the coming weeks. When everybody is focused on baby Jesus, we are focusing on heaven and we're declaring what's happening in heaven. We're declaring peace on earth because there's peace in heaven. We're declaring healing on earth because there's healing in heaven. We're declaring the fullness of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Not just cute little baby Jesus, but the powerful Messiah who gave his all for us to have his all.
Amen. So, how amazing is he? There's prayer meeting on Tuesday, malt wine on Saturday, Christmas service on Sunday, and he's good.